1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. My message this afternoon is no other gods. And it is a warning. It is a prophetic warning about these last days. I believe a lot of Christians have gotten into idolatry and don't even know it. Let me say this again. I believe a lot of God's people have gotten into idolatry and don't even know it. As America has forsaken God and forsaken his word, the Bible, America has turned to a string of false gods, demons actually masquerading as gods. And these false gods, these demons masquerading as gods are easily recognizable for they always demand complete fealty, worship, and loyalty. You know, just this past Sunday in the altar call, they told me later in the office that five people responded to the altar call, but only one walked forward. You know, Christianity doesn't demand fealty or loyalty or worship. God himself will defend your right to make up your own mind and to do what you want. Christianity is whosoever will. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But these cults aren't like that. They demand uh, obedience. They demand that you toe the line. It's easy to spot a cult because cultic believers demonize non-cultic believers. Abortion is a cult. And if you don't fall down and worship at the altar of babies being torn to pieces in their mother's wombs, you are demonized as a bigot or a racist. Feminism is a cult. And if you don't fall down and worship at the altar of women having sex with whomever they want, never getting married, never having children, never having a family, you are demonized as a bigot or a racist. It was this rabid, cultic response to non-believers that prompted Rush Limbaugh to call feminism cult believers feminazis. The gay agenda is a cult. And if you don't fall down and worship at the altar of homosexual sex, you're demonized as a bigot or a racist. And the trans agenda is a cult. And if you don't fall down and worship at the altar of Planned Parenthood, making even more money prescribing drugs to eight-year-old prepubescent children so they can play dress-up and pretend to be the opposite sex, you are demonized as a bigot or a racist. Obama was a cult. And if you didn't fall down and worship at the altar of Obama, you were demonized as a bigot or a racist. And Trump is a cult. And if you don't fall down and worship at the altar of Trump, you're demonized as disloyal. But I ask, disloyal to what? I can't figure it out. Are you being disloyal to the presidency of Jared Kushner or are you being disloyal to the presidency of Anthony Fauci? Now, sure, Hillary was 
an existential threat to Christianity. Absolutely no argument here. And yes, Biden is an existential threat to Christianity. Absolutely no argument here. But hopefully you know it was possible to vote for Trump and yet not worship Trump, right? You know, Sue and I sat at the Maybe Center in the 80s and heard a famous minister, I'm tempted to call his name, but I'm not going to, talk about a, a, a new theology he invented called Kingdom Now Theology, and that the church was going to take over, and we were going to win the cultural wars, and we were going to hand the world over to Christ as his footstool, and that would usher in the millennial reign of Christ. I leaned over to Sue and I said, I have never heard such unmitigated nonsense in my entire life. You know what, you know what that minister was doing? He was making Reagan a cult. And uh, Reagan was probably the second greatest president of the 20th century after Calvin Coolidge, but he made gigantic mistakes. Sandra Day O'Connor was one of his gigantic mistakes. She was the key vote in overturning the sodomy law here in Texas. And she, in her majority opinion, was the first Supreme Court justice to cite the law of other nations in that decision. A huge mistake. So we can appreciate people and not worship them. Do you understand? We can vote for somebody and not make a God out of them. And now COVID is a cult. And if you don't fall down and worship at the altar of social distancing and mask wearing and experimental RNA vaccinations and double mask wearing, you're demonized as a bigot or a racist or anti-science. We used to have Jesus believers, but it seems like everywhere I turn and look at the church across America, all I see today is Trump believers and COVID believers. I grow increasingly alarmed with each passing week. In the parable of the weeds, which follows the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, Jesus tells the story of a man who planted wheat. Verse 25. I'm in Matthew 13, 25. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. Jesus continued in verse 27. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Verse 30, let both grow until the harvest. At that time, at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds. First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And my dear brothers in Christ, I fear. And, you know, I, I hardly ever use the word, the, the word fear. But I fear that that is where we are right now today with all these cults. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, what time? Harvest time. I will tell the harvesters, and we know from Jesus' other teachings, the harvesters of the angels, first collect the weeds 
and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. As I said, I grow increasingly alarmed every week. Is that what we are seeing today? The angels of God separating out various cult followers from among genuine Jesus worshipers before the coming of the Lord? Now, I've been protected from idolatry because for more than 30 years, I have personalized and confessed Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 to 14 every day of my life. As I fully obey the Lord my God and carefully follow all of his commands given unto me this day, the Lord my God is setting me high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings are coming upon me and accompany me as I obey the Lord my God. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the suburbs. The fruit of my wife's womb is blessed and the crops of my land and the young of my livestock, the calves of my herds and the lambs of my flocks. My kitchen cupboard and my refrigerator are blessed. I'm blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. The Lord is granting that the enemies who rise up against me are defeated before me, smitten before my face. They may come at me from one direction, but they flee from me in seven. The Lord is sending a blessing upon my barns and on everything I put my hand to. The Lord my God is blessing me in the land he is giving me. The Lord is establishing me as holy as he promised, him, promised me on oath. Since I keep the commands of the Lord my God and walk in his way, all the peoples of the earth see that I'm called by the name of the Lord and they fear me. The Lord is granting me abundant prosperity in the fruit of my wife's womb, the young of my livestock, the crops of my ground, in the land he swore to give me. The Lord is opening the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on my land and season and to bless all the work of my hands. I lend to many, but I borrow from none. The Lord is making me the head, not the tail. As I pay attention to the commands of the Lord my God given to me this day and carefully follow them, I'm always at the top and never at the bottom. I do not turn aside from any of the commands given to me today to the right or to the left, and I do not follow other gods, and I do not serve them. And there it is. I do not follow other gods, and I do not serve them. When we were in Israel in 2014, I came to the attention of the tour guide because at one point in the tour by bus, I asked him, I said, where's the Valley of Hinnom? Oh, man, that caught his attention. And uh, the Valley of Hinnom is where they would sacrifice children to the god Molech, and the smoke never ceased rising. In 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, the smoke never stopped rising from the valley of Hinnom where they burnt their children in the fire to the god Molech. And so he pointed out where it would be because, of course, it's not on modern maps. And so from that point on, he would talk to me about theological issues. And one thing he said to me, he turned to me at one point, he said, you know, he said, Israel learned their lesson in captivity. And he said, we have a lot of problems and we do a lot of things wrong, but he said, one thing you don't see us doing is worshiping other gods. And he turned around and I leaned over to Sue and I said, he doesn't even know it, but they're worshiping three other gods right now. They're worshiping government as God. They're worshiping abortion as God. And they're worshiping the homosexual agenda as God. See, the problem is we get into cults and we get into worshiping things we have no business worshiping. And a lot of times we don't even realize it. Somebody at the table was saying uh, in the book Dark Agenda points out that uh, there was a time where Reverend Jesse Jackson was pro-life. How many, how many have given up 
their place in the body of Christ, how many have given up their eternal salvation over something like abortion? Just so they could make a buck. Just, just so they could be accepted by the world. These are agendas, and they're not just agendas. These are cultic demons masquerading as gods. And they demand fealty, and they demand loyalty, and they demand worship. And I say to you at this power lunch in March of 2021, in the year of our Lord, we should not offer our fealty, our worship, or our loyalty to anything except the Lord our God and his holy written word. Amen. I'm reading double the number of pages I normally read in my annual Bible reading because I've been giving my old Bibles to my grandchildren. And now I have two grandchildren coming up about the same age, and so I'd like to give two grandchildren an old Bible of mine this Christmas. Hence, I'm doing the annual Bible reading twice in one year. And I'll tell you this, it's amazing reading the Bible through quickly how much God is willing to overlook. Just the story of Tamar and her father-in-law Judah is amazing. And they are both in the lineage of Christ. But I noticed that there are four things the Lord is not willing to overlook. Taking his tithe, complaining, killing children, and idolatry. Now, we normally think of idolatry in terms of the golden calf or some other physical idol of wood or stone or silver or gold. But reading through the Bible quickly, it's obvious that God's definition of idolatry is much wider than just limiting idolatry to physical idols like the golden calf. An idol can be a physical image. But an idol is also anything you worship that is not Almighty God. Now, let me be clear on this. An idol is anything that you worship that is not Almighty God. This means you can worship Almighty God and worship other gods too. And that is basically what the children of Israel did all along. It's not that they actually rejected Almighty God and worshiped other gods exclusively. In fact, I don't even know that there's even one example of such idolatry in the Bible. But what they did is add other gods onto their worship list on top of their worship of Almighty God. Let me run this by again because this is what's happening right here in these United States. They added other gods onto their worship list on top of their worship of Almighty God. After Israel, that is the northern ten tribes, were taken into captivity by the Assyrians... The Assyrians replaced the population of the northern ten tribes with people from Babylon and other countries. That's seen in 2 Kings 17. Then in 2 Kings 17, verse 32, it says, They worshiped the Lord, but they also... They worshiped the Lord, but they also... They worshiped the Lord, but they also appointed all sorts of their own people to officiate for them as priests in the shrines at the high places. They worshiped the Lord, but they also, they worshiped the Lord, but they also served their own gods in accordance with the customs of the nations from which they had been brought. Even while, verse 41, even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. Do you see it? Idolatry is not 
rejecting Almighty God and going and worshiping a golden calf. Idolatry is something that can be tacked on top of your worship of Almighty God. And the examples right here, 2 Kings 17, 41, even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. Now bear with me because we're going to look at a little more scripture than normal for a power lunch. And since it's a men's meeting and a power lunch, let's talk about women. Since they're not here, let's talk about women. <laughs> what brought the downfall and backsliding of King Solomon? Women. I said women. First Kings 11, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, and Hittites, they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. You know, I got one woman... And it's been a 45-year-old project to just keep her happy. I cannot imagine 700 women and trying to keep them happy. Of course he's going to backslide. He had 700 wives of royal birth and then 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. But see, he was supposed to be the wisest man on earth. But he would have been wiser if he had just found someone from his own tribe and married her and been happy. And because they had polygamy back then, I'm not endorsing polygamy, but let's face it, he was a king. They had polygamy back then. What if he had just got a fresh one every five years from his tribe? But there's something about strange flesh. You know, a little bit of hinky. And that's the allure. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Molech is the god who demanded child sacrifice. Molech is the god of abortion today. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will, do it. I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Yet I will tear it out of the hand. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David my servant and for the sake of Jerusalem which I have chosen. Now listen, 
you would be hard-pressed to find anyone in the Bible whom God loved more than Solomon. And it would be impossible to find anybody in the Bible God blessed more than Solomon. And yet Almighty God became angry with Solomon and basically wrote him off. From Solomon's death forward, there is no mention of him by name by any of the prophets of God. Not one time. It's really sad. David was a warrior. David was a man of blood. David made mistakes. But David served the Lord. And God loved Solomon and God blessed Solomon. And Solomon turned away from the Lord. Forget about one bad marriage. How about 700 bad marriages? The idea that Solomon married poorly and that, was, that it was Solomon's wives who led him astray to worship other gods is exactly the conclusion Nehemiah came to in Nehemiah 13.25. I made them take an oath in God's name and said, you are not to give your daughters in marriage to their sons, nor are you to take their daughters in marriage for your sons or for yourselves. Was it not because of marriages like these that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned among the many nations, there was no king like him. Let me tell you what, there was so much prosperity, there was so much gold in Solomon's day, they stopped keeping track of silver. It wasn't worth the time to keep track of silver. He was loved by his God, verse 26, and God made him king over all Israel, but even he was led into sin by foreign women. Must we hear now that you two are doing all this terrible wickedness and are being unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? Now hear me today. God came to regret blessing Solomon. Tell your neighbor, don't let God regret blessing you. Tell the neighbor on the other side, don't let God regret blessing you. Toward the end of Solomon's life, the Lord empowered two rebellions against Solomon, which Solomon was unable to quell or put down. And if you keep reading in 1 Kings 11, it was Pharaoh himself. And this is, this, is, this is the way life works, man. This is the way life works. Whatever you kowtow to or suck up to, that's exactly what's going to bite you in the backside. In 1 Kings 11, it was Pharaoh himself who made a treaty with Solomon and gave Solomon his first foreign wife, his first wife, and his first foreign wife, who joined together with a man named Hadad in fomenting a rebellion against Solomon. The exact guy that you made a treaty with, the exact guy that gave you your first wife, the exact guy that gave you your first foreign wife, he's the guy that joins together with one of your adversaries to foment a rebellion against you. Whatever God you add to the, your worship of the one true living God, that's the God that's going to bite you in the butt. Whatever you knuckle under to, whatever you kowtow to, whatever you accede to, whatever you agree to, that's what's going to bite you. Then when Solomon died, disaster immediately struck his heir and successor, Rehoboam. You can read the story in 1 Kings 12, but suffice it to say here that Rehoboam was a fool. 
Literally, within days of ascending to the throne of all 12 tribes, he lost 10 of the 12 tribes and was left with just Judah and Benjamin. Not because Solomon gave up his worship of Almighty God, but because Solomon added the worship of other gods on top of his worship of Almighty God. And let me tell you what, these preachers are doing it nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. I don't care what label it is. They, they go a-whoring. Whether it's BLM or Trump or uh, social justice, whatever it is, we have been called, I'm talking about we, men of God, we have been called by God to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not to preach agendas, we're not to preach uh, political parties, we're not to preach uh, whatever the latest fad is. But you see it nonstop across the land. I mean, and it's almost like they, they fall. Boom, 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 boom. And, and somebody you thought would be true to the word to the end, then you pick up something, you look on social media and find out they finally knuckled under and now they're doing something else. I'm so old school, man, I ain't doing nothing else. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with the Word of God. And let me tell you what, this is why you need to prosper. Tell your neighbor, you need to prosper. You know, we're discussing here at the table, uh, one guy says, no problemo, he can counterfeit vaccination IDs. So, uh, but, what, but whatever we got to do, you know, whatever we got to do, we got to have the money to do whatever we got to do. Because otherwise, you go, man, you're going to have to get in the government's cheese line. You're going to have to submit. You're going to have to knuckle under. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to toe the line. And even getting into these schools now, they're going, to make it, they're going to make it tougher and tougher. They're doing right now, I read about a guy lost his insurance because of his social credit score. This, this came right out of communist China. They do social credit scores. You know what a credit score is? That's based on your history of paying your bills. Well, in China, they do social credit scores. So based on your social media posts, based on your usage of your phone, which they track everything, uh, they assign you a social credit score, and that determines what schools you can get into, what universities you can get into, what jobs you can get, and how much money you can make. I would rather be a licensed plumber or a licensed electrician and own my own little business and do my own little thing and be a multimillionaire than to get some fancy degree and, and turn into some lesbian or something. Because in my day, I couldn't have been a lesbian, but now I find out I could be. And the Bible says over and over and over of Solomon's son Rehoboam, his mother was an Ammonite. 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 Things don't just happen. You submit to something, and then something happens. You agree to something, and then something happens. And after the kingdom split instantly, golden calves were erected in Dan and Bethel. Just amazing. In other words... 
it wasn't physical idolatry. But as soon as the ten tribes were lost, instantly there were golden calves in Dan and Bethel. An idol is anything you look to for help instead of God. This is why Pastor Gene never went to Washington for a free meal. This is why Pastor Gene didn't sign up for a loan. This is why I did not have my hand out the last four years. Anything you look to for help that is not Almighty God, that's idolatry. Now here we get to the heart of the message. An idol is anything you look to for help instead of God. It doesn't have to be a physical Buddha-type thing. Anything you look to for help besides the Lord. Over and over and over in Judges and First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, when the people of God looked to the Pharaoh of Egypt for help, or when the people of God looked to the king of Assyria for help, or when the people of God looked to anyone else for help but God, God considered that idolatry. Second Chronicles 16 is an example. Asa was a good king. In 2 Chronicles 15, the prophet Azariah said to King Asa, Listen to me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. In 2 Chronicles 13, his father, King Abijah, experienced a great military victory through a say-it-and-do-it miracle where he relied solely on the Lord for victory. In that battle, Judah killed 500,000 men on the enemy's side. For ancient warfare, that is a huge number. They killed 500,000 men on the enemy's side. That same king Asa also experienced a great miracle in battle in 2 Chronicles 14. They had been attacked by Cush, or modern-day Ethiopia. On that occasion, 2 Chronicles 14.11 records, Asa called to the Lord his God and said, There is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not... Do not let man prevail against us. What a prayer. In that battle against the Cushites, the Lord himself struck down the Cushites, Second Chronicles 14, and Judah carried off a large amount of plunder. Yet later in life, just two chapters later in Second Chronicles 16, King Asa, when confronted by the king of Israel, paid tribute to the king of Aram and asked the king of Aram for help instead of asking the Lord for help. 2 Chronicles 16, 7 records, At that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. And it was on this occasion where the famous words by God were uttered, Second Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. In verses 9 and 10, the prophets Hanani 
continued, you have done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. Asa was angry with the seer, like you might be here in the middle of this message. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. Asa was a great king, and he did a lot of good things, but in this he failed miserably, and his end was ignoble. 2 Chronicles 16, 12, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease of his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. Then in the 41st year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his fathers. I mean, who in the world dies from a disease of the feet? Dad Hagen used to say God's people are in the habit of seeking the help of physicians first. He used to say there's nothing wrong with seeking the help of physicians, but learn to seek the help of the Lord first. He used to say give God a chance to heal you before you seek the help of man. How many victories in life have we lost unnecessarily because of our own idolatries? How many victories in our life have we lost because of our own idolatries? Now, I'm going to use myself as an example, and somebody might say, you know, man, he's self-serving. I'm just telling you the God's honest truth. I stood here not quite a year ago in the midst of the fear panic and the, the fear fest and the panic porn. And I declared what the Word of God said, and then I said, as the leader, I said that we were going, that we had immunity from the pestilence, and that we would end 2020 with more cash and less debt, and then I said that Faith Christian Center would be paid off by the end of the year. In one message I said, if my words do not come to pass, you can take me outside and stone me. But everything I said came to pass. Amen. But we didn't, we didn't look to Fauci. We didn't go get money from Trump. We looked to the Lord. And we didn't bury a member. We paid off Everything here, Faith Christian Center doesn't owe any man anything but the debt of love. And donated income at Faith Christian Center was up 51% over 2019. That's a big number. 51%. How many victories in life have we already given up because we did not look to the Lord. And I don't know if you're old enough to have figured this out, but man, I'll let you down every time. How many victories in life have we lost unnecessarily because of our own idolatries, because we look to man to save us instead of the Lord our God? Psalm 118, 18, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Psalm 146, 3, do not, I have a preference on 
who is governor. Sure, I'm a human being. I do. I have a preference on who is governor, but let me tell you what. I am the blessed of Almighty God. It doesn't matter. I don't care if Beals above himself is sitting in the chair in Austin, Texas. I am blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. I live my life under the protective hand of Almighty God. Amen. Same thing with Washington, D.C. In fact, the guy sitting there in charge doesn't even know where he is or that he is in charge. <laughs> Psalm 146.3, do not put your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save you. Proverbs 16.20, whoever gives heed to instruction prospers and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Shout it out loud. Blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Proverbs 16.20, every word of God is flawless. Not some of it, not part of it. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. How many times have we exposed ourselves to the vicissitudes of life because we took refuge in something besides the Lord? In my entire lifetime, one of the dumbest developments I have ever seen is man looking to government, man having faith in government. The government's response to COVID-19 in 2020 and 2021 is just one example. Hundreds of years of knowledge of epidemiology thrown out the window just so we could follow the Chinese lockdown model of containing a virus. Later, we found out it all came from the Gates Foundation's plan to reset the American economy and take us toward a green energy future of zero carbon emissions, which is literally impossible. Of all the stupid, double, dumb, you-know-what ideas, the same guy that says we ought to give up eating beef. You know, I'm from Detroit, so my mind just automatically goes a different way. Somebody tells me to give up beef, my response is, you know, screw you. Amen. Actually, worse than that, but you know. <laughs> then we had the winter blast in February. The government lied to us and told us we would have rolling blackouts, which would have been manageable. Instead, those two million people who lost power initially had no electricity for days, causing billions of dollars in property damage. Literally, I read this on Monday, February 15. I read they were using fossil fuel helicopters to spray a fossil fuel product on the Texas wind turbines that had frozen up. That, that's government. We got to be green. We got to have these wind turbines. Oh, they froze up. Okay, well, now let's use a whole bunch of fossil fuels to unfreeze the wind turbines. My dear brothers in Christ, Russia does central planning. China does central planning. Communist countries do central planning. If no one has figured it out yet, government bureaucrats are just too stupid to plan and implement anything. As the great economist Milton Friedman once said, if you put the federal government in charge of the Sahara Desert in five years, there'd be a shortage of sand. <laughs> I said this back when they passed Obamacare, anyone who wants the federal government to be in charge of their heart and lungs is a fool. Yeah. 
Everything they get into, they corrupt. Everything they touch, they ruin. Just look at the public schools. But the root of it, I want you to see the root of it. The root of all of it is idolatry. The root of all of it is faith in government. The root of all of it is faith in something other than God. And the root of all of it is a rejection of the Bible as the word of God. And I say without apology that faith in government is the dumbest thing I've seen in my 65 years on the planet. Anyone who has faith in the government is a fool. In my entire lifetime, one of the dumbest developments I've ever seen is man looking to government, man having faith in government. Now here we come to it. Nations blessed by God, which later turn to false gods, are destroyed. Nations blessed by God. And you can't name a, a nation in the history of man that has been as blessed as the United States of America but we didn't stay with the one that brung us. Nations blessed by God, which later turned to false gods, are destroyed. And right, this right here, friends, explains 2020 and 2021. America is on the wrong path. America is on the path to destruction, and that is why there is no great power from the West mentioned in the book of Revelation, because when we get to the book of Revelation, there will be no great power in the West. 2 Kings 17, 6 says, In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and deported the Israelites to Assyria. But why? 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 Why did this calamity befall the people of God? Man, these were the people of God. 2 Kings 17, 7, All this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God who had brought them up out of Egypt from under the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They worshipped other gods. And followed the practices. See, there are men here, and your mind is rebelling at the message. I'm not doing that. I'm not following other gods. If you are following the practices of those gods, you are following those gods. They worshiped other gods and followed the practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before them, as well as the practices that the kings of Israel had introduced. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right from watchtower to fortified city. They built themselves high places in all their towns. They set up sacred stones and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree. At, at every high place they burned incense as the nations whom the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did wicked things that provoked the Lord to anger. They worshiped idols, though the Lord had said, you shall not do this. The Lord warned Israel and Judah through his prophets and seers, through all his prophets and seers, turn from your evil ways, observe my commands and decrees in accordance with the entire law that I've commanded your fathers to obey and that I delivered to you through my servants, the prophets. But they would not listen and were as stiff-necked as their fathers who did not trust in the Lord their God. They rejected his decrees and the covenant he had made with their fathers and the warnings he had given them. They followed worthless idols and they became worthless themselves. Right. 
And that describes a lot of preachers across this land. When, when these preachers follow these false gods and they take up the practices of these demons masquerading as gods, they themselves become worthless. How do I know that? Because nobody gets saved in those churches and nobody gets set free from drug addiction in those churches and nobody gets set free from alcoholism in those churches and nobody gets healed in those churches. If you're going to a church and nobody's getting healed, run for your life. Because where the power of God is, people are healed by the power of God. Where the power of God is, people are set free by the power of God. And if there's no power of God, run for your life. Now, they may be doing something religious, but that doesn't mean just because they're doing something religious that they're worshiping Almighty God. They followed worthless idols and became... And they themselves became worthless. They imitated the nations around them, though the Lord had ordered them, do not do as they do. And they did the things that the Lord had forbidden them to do. Imitation. That's what social media is all about. They forsook all the commands of the Lord their God and made for themselves two idols cast in the shape of calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed down to all the starry hosts and they worshiped Baal. They sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire. They practiced divination and sorcery and sold themselves to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking him to anger. So the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah was left, and even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord their God. They followed the practices Israel had introduced. Therefore, the Lord rejected all the people of Israel. He afflicted them and gave them into the hands of the plunderers. Now listen to the language of the word of God. He, re, he afflicted them and gave them into the hands of the plunderers until he thrust them from his presence. 2 Kings 17, 23, the Lord removed them from his presence as he had warned through all his servants, the prophets, so the people of Israel were taken from their homeland into exile in Assyria, and there they still are at the time of that writing. The protection of God only comes when his people are faithful to him, look only to him, and worship only him. And what God did in this church last year, God, God, God will repeat this year. God will do in your life this year. If you will focus like a laser and look to him. Now, I'm not saying do that instead of going to work. I mean, we got to go to work. But while you go to work, look to the Lord. And this, frankly, is why a lot of people lost their you know what? when Trump lost because they've been looking to Trump. And again, I'm a guy, I'm a man, I have my preferences. I'd rather not have some anti-Christian, pro-abortion person in charge of anything. I have my preferences. But I am not dependent on who is the mayor or who is the county commissioner or who is the governor or who is the president because I look to God. And God protects me and God blesses me. Amen. And that was, my, that was my position on COVID. You know that. I told you from the very beginning, if God can't protect me, he doesn't need me. Amen. 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 On Friday morning, January 8, 2021, I told Art Dunham, what does the Lord require us 
in these last days, but to stay true to his word and to be faithful. 2 Kings 17, 35, when the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites, he commanded them, do not worship any other gods or bow down unto them, serve them or sacrifice to them. And again, there are men here and you say, well, I'm not, I'm not an idolater. Yeah, but what if you're, what if you have taken up their practices or you bow down to them or you serve them? Now, I'm not saying we need to go and be offensive. We don't need to go to work, tell everybody what we're thinking. You know, they'll hand you over to the tormentors and human resources. But we don't have to pick up their practices. We don't have to submit to their thinking. Now, we're smart enough not to tell everybody what we're thinking. Although we're bouncing this off satellites. Which works for us. One of our biggest givers so far in 2021 is some family out of Switzerland. Keep sending those offerings. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> but I'm just saying, Christians pick up the practices of the world and don't even think about it. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. The Bible doesn't say join in to whatever they're doing. Do not worship any other gods or bow down to them, serve them or sacrifice to them. You must always be careful to keep the decrees and ordinances, the laws and commands he wrote for you. Do not worship other gods. Do not, do not forget the covenant I made with you and do not worship other gods. Rather, worship the Lord your God for it is he who will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. It's God. It's not the Democrats. It's God. It's not the Republicans. I mean, if you haven't figured it out, people don't, people don't read. Man, people don't read. People don't read. It was a Republican Supreme Court that threw God out of the public schools. It was a Republican Supreme Court that threw the Bible out of the public schools. It was a Republican Supreme Court that gave us Roe v. Wade. It was a Republican president that saddled us with the TSA. And now it was a Republican president that strapped us down with lockdowns. Well, are you saying you're for the other side? Uh, no. Because I ain't gay. I'm saying, put your faith in no one but Almighty God. Look to no one but Almighty God. Bow. To no one but Almighty God. Amen. I mean, the government might give you a loan, but Almighty God can run your income up 51% in, in the year of COVID paranoia. Are you hearing me? I mean, we're sitting in a miracle, brothers. I said, and look. Like Fred Price used to say, the world's fat cats ain't sending us a dime. So all of that money came from the good people of Faith Christian Center. See, in other words, for the church to have a miracle, the people had to have a miracle. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. For the church to have a year like that, the only way that could happen, because, you know, 
Last time I checked, Bezos hasn't sent us any, any money, you know. So the only way we had a year like that is God blessed you. Amen. And now that we're on to this, let's double down. Let's look to him only. Amen. To keep us blessed and to keep us safe and to keep us prospered. What does the Lord require us? Require of us. What does the Lord require of us from here till the coming of the Lord? Come out from among them and be separate and look to no one but the Lord God Almighty as your source. Thank God for the job. Thank God for the raise. Thank God that God moved on your boss's heart to give you a bonus, whatever it is. Be grateful. Uh, be gracious. Uh, be smart. But, but we're not looking to that. We're looking to the Lord our God as our source. The believer's love for God and his word is the key to victory. And here we come to it. This is it. The believer's love for God and his word is the key to victory. Deuteronomy 6.5, love. See, the bottom line is David with all of his faults and David was a man of war and David was a man of blood and, you know, David made some big mistakes, but David loved the Lord. And Solomon might have been smart. He might have had a pretty high IQ, but he just didn't love the Lord like David did. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you. Verses 19 and 20, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life. And that's what I want to say. The Lord is your life, not the Democrat Party. The Lord is your life, not, not the Republican Party. The Lord is your life, not this president or that president. They come and go. The Lord is your life. The Lord is your life. The Lord is your health. The Lord is your success. The Lord is your prosperity. The Lord is your protection. We look to the Lord. And when somebody, you know, says you don't have to wear a mask anymore, we're grateful. But we don't bow down, we don't suck up, and, and we don't uh, promise our undying fealty and loyalty forever. Amen. We look to the Lord. Amen. 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 A free man doesn't get permission to go outside. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. At the end of the day, my brothers, it is totally, absolutely all about love. Love for God and love for his word. The pathway to success is easy, not hard. Like so many people would like for us to believe, the first key to living the overcoming lifestyle is to love God and to love his word first, to put God and to put his word first. 
In conclusion, hear these words of warning from Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand on his holy hill? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. My brothers in Christ, let us have no other gods. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.